What up, what up? Welcome back to the There's More podcast. This is Hannah Nitz, the host and, I don't know, creator of the podcast. (laughs) Essentially, anyone I talk to at any time, I want to look at them and be like, sweet friend, do you know that there's more? And you just can't do that all the time, so I started a podcast instead. I mean, I still I still pester people, don't get me wrong, but essentially I grew up in the church. I've known God, I've loved God, I've served God my whole life. The Christian school thing, the Christian college, the super involved in my church. I've done it, I've lived it, it was great. Oh uh, man, but a couple years ago, God got a hold of me in a way that I thought was... I don't know, only reserved for super spiritual, smart people, like pastors or missionaries or deep thinkers. Man, God just revealed more. That as busy as I was doing the Christian life, I was missing the best part, this interactive, personal, one-on-one time with our creator. That there was more for me in my relationship with God, more to enjoy, more to delight in, more to know about him. And friends, you have that same invitation and God pursues you to show you that, to reveal that to you and to invite you into more. And today we're talking about a a big piece of more with God. And that is becoming very, very, very dependent on him. All right, let's go. year, my friend Laura Veal shared this quote that she read with me, um, something she was reading in a book or listening to in a sermon, and this was the quote. It said, Jesus is, without question, the most dependent human that ever lived. This quote was just captivating to me because I thought it was weird. (laughs) Like... I have heard Jesus described many a way, and I can't really say that dependent was something that I had connected with Jesus. It just wasn't a word that came to mind. Like, I thought of him being strong and authoritative. Is that the right word? Having authority. Um, King of kings, savior, servant, son of God, perfection, without sin, all loving. But dependent isn't a word I thought of. Like, he's God. He's not dependent, right? Like, he's he's in charge. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, this quote caught me off guard. Jesus is, without question, the most dependent human that's ever lived. So June 2019 is when I started reading the Bible for the first time. Um, I share often that I've known God my whole life, loved God my whole life, been in the church, la-di-da, Uh, But the only time I ever cracked open my Bible is if I was doing a Bible study with someone, if I was a part of a small group, if I was in church. So this thought of just like sitting down and opening my Bible and reading with no agenda was kind of new. I just started this June 2019. And when I started, I started in the book of John. Um, That was just kind of the book that I always heard people talk about of if you're going to start reading the Bible, start in the book of John. So I did. So that was summer 2019. So here we are in 2021. And I just kind of wanted to reread John, honestly. Like 
so much of what I share about God revealing more of himself, me delighting in him more, uh, just understanding more in him came in these very pages of my Bible, came from reading and God just revealing himself as I read the book of John. So I wanted to go back. I was like, (laughs) I got to read these words again. And you know, it's just a very funny thing that happened is as I was reading through John this time, this year, I couldn't stop seeing how dependent Jesus was. Fully dependent. All the time. And all of a sudden, it was like, I just kept thinking of this quote that Laura had shared with me of Jesus being the most dependent human who ever existed. And I couldn't stop seeing it. As I read, it was everywhere. It was as though every verse I read, every miracle Jesus did, every healing, every teaching, every interaction, it would happen. Jesus would turn and would say, hey, guys, I'm only doing this because God told me to. Or, hey, I'm only saying this because God told me to say it. Like everything he did, when people would look at him, Jesus would point back to God and say, he told me. He's fueling me. He said this first. Isn't that wild? How did I miss this? (laughs) So is it possible that our Savior, the King of Kings, the one who literally came to be God in the flesh, the son of the creator of the universe, is dependent? Not independent, but dependent. He not only needed something outside of himself, but was fully dependent on it. Is that possible? So let me read a few of these verses that stood out to me. Uh, and the cool thing was, as Laura Veal had originally shared this quote with me, her and I were teaching a class together at the time, and she was also reading through John and also pointing out these verses that was just so affirming. Like, God, this is you. This is your spirit. This is your truth teaching us the importance of dependence and how you modeled it. Okay, so here we go. Crack open your Bibles to the book of John. And I'm sure this is all over the Bible, um, but I just happen to be reading John. So these are the verses that stood out to me. All right, here we go. John 5, verse 19. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. John 5.30, I can do nothing on my own. Guys, (laughs) this is Jesus saying this. Do we realize this? Jesus is saying, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He's fueled by God. He's motivated by God. He's constantly seeking God. Everything's pointing to God. John 536, the work he is doing are the works the father has given him. John 716, Jesus says, my teaching. So think about everything Jesus taught, everything that we read about Jesus, everything we quote about Jesus. And here's what our teacher said. My teaching is not of my own. It comes from the one who sent me. What? John 728, Jesus, the King of Kings, 
said, I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. Woo. John 8, this is verse 26, uh, 28 and 29. Jesus says, I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy. And what I've heard from him, I tell the world. Here we go. Buckle up. I do nothing on my own. Word your mother. I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. John 8, 40, uh, talking about the truth that the Pharisees wanted to kill him for. And he says, this truth I've heard from God. John 12, verse 49 through 50, I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And whatever I say is just what the Father told me to say. John 14, 10, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does his work. Like, can, can we just take these words in for a moment? I think there is such beauty in these words that I missed for years That Jesus, for in all of these things, is completely dependent on the Father. He says he can do nothing on his own. Okay, so we are reading through these verses in John. We're starting in, what was the very first chapter I looked at? John 5. And we're crawling through. We're like going down the parade route. John 5. John, what was next? John 7. John 8. John 12. John 14. And then here we are. In John 15. So we just heard over and over and over again as we follow Jesus's ministry. I do nothing on my own. I do nothing on my own. I do what the father tells me. I do what he teaches me. I do what he shows me. And then we get to John 15. Okay, friends, if you have been in the church for at least a few years, you've heard people talk about John 15 because this is a passage talked about a lot, taught a lot. Um, preached often because it's crucial to the Christian life. It is crucial to a life connected with God and loving God. The vine and the branches. So leading up to this verse, the first 14 chapters of John, Jesus again and again and again is giving us this example of dependence, dependence, dependent. He's not just dependent. He's very, very, very fully surrendered, dependent on God. And then we get to John 15. And what does he do? He invites us to do the same. He literally invites us to live this exact same way as Jesus did his whole time on earth in ministry. So what are these verses we hear all the time from John 15? Jesus is looking at these people who he loves and he says, friends, abide in me as I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Then he says, I am the vine. You, dear followers, are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Friends, 
He spent the whole first 14 chapters modeling this and showing how he lives this way. Read those exact same verses, but but talk about it from Jesus's perspective to God. I mean, he says the same thing. He says he can't bear fruit by himself. He says he can do nothing by himself. He says he's fully abiding, fully walking, and fully obedient, fully connected to God. And then he invites us to do the same thing. This is amazing. And it puts so much more excitement and context and example and purpose and passion behind these verses in John 15. Because this isn't just this one-off teaching of like, hey guys, um, one other thing I've been thinking about is you should abide. That's just a word I haven't talked about much, so make sure you write it down. It's like Jesus gets down on his knees and sits there and holds our face and says, sweet friend, have you been watching how I live? That I, fully man and fully God, cannot do this life on my own. I am fully connected to the Father and I am only doing any of this because the Father is giving me the ability to do it, because the Father is directing me, because the Father is fueling me. And then in John 15, he turns and says, hey, you are invited to live life in this same way. That is, you abide in me, you bear the fruit, not because of what you're doing, but because of your abiding. That you, dear branch, connect to me, the vine, and that apart from me, you can do nothing. So I think a lot of my growing up church life, Christian school life, uh, super involved in my church life, I was really like focused on what Jesus did, as you should be. <laughs> if you're reading the Bible, you see what he did and you should be struck by it. And you should see how he lived and how he talked with people and how he loved people. Like if you think of this, the greatest commandment is, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Like we want to pay attention to how he lived. Uh, you know, 1 John 2, 6, I just read in 1 John recently, this verse caught my eye where it says, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk the same way in which he walked. And um, we could count so many of these verses, like verses where we want to live as Jesus lived. We want to act as he act. Like the classic, y'all, the classic bracelet, WWJD. What would Jesus do? This is a question that we're asking ourselves, we want to ask ourselves of how are we acting as though Jesus has act. But here's the deal. I have always seen this question, verses like this, of walking how he walked as what he did. As I've been reading these verses, as I've been thinking about this concept of dependence, reading through John, seeing again these verses about the vine and the branches, Suddenly, I'm wondering if it's less about what Jesus did and more about our dependence. So, for example, if this verse in 1 John is saying, walk in the same way he walked, let's look at that verse with this dependence thought in mind. So all of a sudden, walking is the same way he walked. It's not just what he did, but it's how he was fueled. Dependence. It's not just what happened when Jesus was around, 
but the power that did it through his dependence. It's not just these actions that Jesus did, his generosity, his love, but it's the surrender and the dependence on God that was behind everything he did. Dang. <laughs> like, man, that just gets me so... I, I can't even think of a word. I can only like... It gets me pumped. Because, man, so much of my my Christian life, I remember there was a time when I was reading through a Bible and going through a Bible study, and I had my Bible on one side, and on the other side, I had my journal. And every time I read something I was supposed to do, like be generous and love others and love your neighbor, I would write down on the right-hand side in my journal that list. So literally when I got done reading the Bible, it was like a checklist of the ways I could be like Jesus. Okay, I need to love my neighbor. I need to be generous. I need to care for others. I need to not lie. Now, do you see how that's different from how Jesus did? Yes, maybe the actions are there. Maybe I'm literally doing the things Jesus did. But without this abiding, fueling, dependence, I'm like missing a huge piece of the puzzle. Like so much of this teaching and so much of what Jesus models for us is not just the actions, but this fuel behind the actions. It's this dependence behind the actions. It's believing in and walking in God's amazing power that we have the same access to as Jesus did. Like the reason Jesus was able to do all that he did on this earth, he tells us in these words, this is because of the father. I can do nothing on my own. Woo! And we are invited to that. You, friend, are invited to walk as Jesus walked in full dependence on God. Full dependence. Okay, so practically... What does that mean? What does that really look like? I'm not sure yet. (laughs) Do you know? I'm trying to figure this out. This is hard. Honestly, the checklist is easier. It's easier to be like, did I love a neighbor today? Yes or no. Was I patient today? Yes or no. This question of, was I dependent on God for everything in my day? It's harder to wrestle with. This is how I feel. Maybe not for you. For me, it feels harder to wrestle with. As I engage of more of God, knowing him more, loving him more, depending on him more, enjoying him more, and living in my everyday, what does it mean to be very, 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 very dependent? A few things that came to mind as I've been just focusing, meditating, thinking about these concepts all throughout John, and again, back to this vine and the branches, oh man, is number one is just abiding. And this is why John 15 is a big deal. Because it's giving us these practical steps behind what it means to depend, 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 is to abide, abide, abide. How can we be dependent on someone we don't know. 
uh, how can we hear from a God who we aren't intimately connected with? Whew, it's a hard question, isn't it? I think the first 10 years of my adult life as a Christian, this was a piece, oh man, that that I I couldn't grasp and I didn't walk in. And this is why I shout about it on the podcast about this great deep joy that comes with enjoying more of God is because I loved God. I served God. I talked about God. I read the books about God. But this thought of this abiding, this sitting with him each day and being fueled by him like Jesus was, to go to him in all things to be dependent on him, not just the really hard things that I can't figure out on my own, so I guess I better ask God about it. This constant abiding and saying, God, every day I wake up, I want this, these words in John 15 to be more and more true about me, that I am abiding in you. This is why these vine and branch verses are a big deal, because the more we abide and make our home with God, that's one of the meanings for the word abide is to make our home. When Laura Veal teaches on this, she says, many of us operate with God as though he's our hotel room. We're out on a trip, we're busy, we're doing things, and then we're like, oh yeah, I got to stop over there. And you spend a couple days or a couple hours with God and you get fueled up and then you go back into your regular life and back into the busy and back into the work and back into the grind and back into the Pinterest projects. Instead of this constant making our home that everything we do, all of us, is at home with God, this abiding with him. And practically for me, that's looked like some of what we've talked about on other episodes, this um, time with God, time worshiping him, time in his word, getting to know him, this abide, abide, abide. I think one other way where this has become practical is, um, or maybe just a, a next step, has been bringing God into all things. I think I've lived for a while where there's my spiritual world and my secular world. And I pray about things in the spiritual world, like um, wanting my friends to know Jesus, things I'm struggling with, um, maybe spiritual questions, things with church, areas that I should be giving it away, volunteering, serving. Like Those are the things I'm praying about. But some of these day-to-day things, like figuring out why my baby is so fussy <laughs> and um, trying to figure out our family's schedule and priorities so that we are doing all the things that are important to us. It's like, man... I don't always bring God into these everyday things. And man, when I read through this example in John of Jesus's full dependence, I just wrote down in my journal, God, I don't think there's a separation between the spiritual and the secular. There isn't a place where Hannah's strengths and ideas stop and God's start. Like what if instead, as Jesus modeled, I am dependent on God in all things. This requires a lot of surrender. Like I have to surrender and crucify Hannah's ideas all the time. Uh, And we have to call that what it is. It's our battle with the flesh. Man, a homework assignment 
for maybe a follow-up for some of these thoughts of what does this look like to uh, be more dependent on God and seek the spirit more than the flesh. A lot of times I thought of the flesh as evil, like bad things. But the more that I'm in the word and in this wrestling of God, I want to be so dependent on you, so spirit-led in all situations The flesh isn't always this ugly, sinful thought. Sometimes the flesh is just my independence. It's just me feeling like I could figure this out and I'm doing good. I don't have to pray about this. I don't have to abide with God about this. I don't have to seek him in it. Like this is in my wheelhouse. This is in my strength set. And this idea of everything being surrendered and dependent on God um, I think the maybe the homework assignment is First Corinthians 2. I think this chapter is really talking about what does it look like to proclaim Christ in all things and seek wisdom from the spirit instead of the flesh. And guys, this is hard, okay? Like, I'm talking about this because I get really jazzed about it as God is inviting me into more and more and more dependence on him being a very, very, very dependent person, just like Jesus was. But this is hard, okay? Like, as you're reading this, there's a freedom in it and a joy in being this dependent on God, but it's a battle. Like, this flesh and spirit battle is hard. I think my ideas are really good sometimes. (laughs) And the wrestling in that is, it's hard, I have been slowly reading, rereading um, a tiny little book that Julie Slattery talks to me about all the time. Uh, it's a book called Humility by Andrew Murray, an old, deep classic. It's very small. And um, just this morning, I've been, I was continuing about this prayer about dependence. God, show me what it looks like today. So this is different for all of us today, what my day looks like. Um, I had a grocery store pickup at 8 a.m. Well, let me rewind. My sweet three-year-old is out of his crib and it is tumultuous over here. (laughs) So bro doesn't like to stay in his room anymore. Doesn't like to stay in his bed. What's up with that, Harvey? Stay in your room. So we're figuring that out. We're doing all the tactics. If you have any ideas, you can message me. But My day woke up with a very early greeting by my three-year-old. Then I had some time with God. I fed my sweet daughter, Opal, who's cuter by the day. Got her dressed, got her ready, got the kids some breakfast with Caleb. Took uh, Harvey to the grocery store with me for grocery store pickup, 8 a.m. Came home. Uh, I'm currently rocking this out during nap time. So, so far today, I built some blocks with Harvey Let's see. I fed Opal two other times. I made Harvey lunch. What else do we do? I empty and loaded the dishwasher. Uh, I changed clothes twice. Opal's been spitting up a lot, so I have spit up all over me, so I had to change my clothes. Uh, it's 1.30 right now, so Harvey will be getting up in like 20 minutes. Opal will be up. I'll feed her again. We'll probably go outside. It's like a beautiful day. Make dinner. My friend Brittany's stopping over. Super excited about that. Um, and then the craziness of bedtime bath and all of that will, will be in the evening. That's my day. I'm not out conquering the world. 
I'm not in some big shot meeting where if I say the wrong word, I'm going to get in trouble. Um, it is truly an everyday, ordinary day over here. But friends, this can still be true. Like, God, how can I be fully dependent on you? Just as Jesus was in my everyday, in my grocery shopping, in my building blocks with kids, in my going on walks and my changing clothes because I have spit up on them, in my um, (laughs) stern talks with my (laughs) three-year-old as he keeps getting out of his room. God, show me what this looks like to be a woman fully dependent on your strength, your wisdom, your fueling, and your desire for me in this day. And I fully believe that that can be true if I was a CEO of a bank working 12-hour days in a high-pressure situation, a full-time pastor, or a mom in spit-up covered sweatpants playing with two kids. Like, No matter where we are, we are invited to this day-to-day, hour-by-hour, full dependence on God. This week as I was listening to a sermon um, that Francis Chan gave that was the bomb diggity jam fire, he said this sentence just in the middle of the sermon as I'm, I think I was cleaning the kitchen last night and listening to it, and Francis Chan said, God hates self-reliance. Do we know that? And as I heard him say that sentence, I was like, God, this is what you're showing me. That self-reliant is the opposite of what Jesus came to model for us. A very, very, very dependent. Okay, so I got distracted from my humility quote. How did that happen? I just talked for so long before getting back to this quote. Hopefully none of you are just sitting there with a pen ready to write down this quote by Andrew Murray. If you are, pick your pen back up. Okay, Andrew Murray in humility. We're back here. Uh, He had this quote that also struck me this week. The life God bestows is imparted not once for all, but each moment continuously by the unceasing operation of his mighty power. Humility, okay, listen how he defines humility. Ready? Humility, the place of entire dependence on God, is from the very nature of things the first duty and the highest virtue of the creature and the root of every virtue. Word, Andrew Murray. Drop that mic, bro. Guys, he's literally saying this life that God gives us, that he bestows on us, isn't this one-time event where we meet God and have this union with him and then we carry on and we're saved. But he's saying it's each moment continuously by tapping into his mighty power. Friends, just as Jesus did, he taught us how to do this. That humility is the place of entire dependence on God. And Andrew Murray argues that it is our first and highest duty as a person created by God is learning to be very, very, very dependent. 
So I'm not trying to give a ton of homework, but <laughs> anytime you listen to this stuff, guys, don't take my word for it. Please don't listen to me. Like, hear this, think about this, but then go spend time with God. Like, friends, I would love for you to read the book of John and write down or highlight any time that you see Jesus's dependence on him. Or pick another book of the Bible and just say, God, reveal to me what it looks like for me in my everyday life to be fully dependent on you. What does that mean? What does that look like? How do I do this? How does this not just become something I hear about or is preached about or these cute verses, but this real living active thing in my life, just as Jesus modeled for me? Woo! Could you imagine, believers, sweet saints, if we all did that, what our lives would look like? If we were as dependent on God as Jesus was, we would light it up. I would just be... I just, that's a dream. Hashtag goal. So, uh, friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And friend, I just, I want you to taste it. I do. This, this delight and this joy in the really hard and the really good, this full dependence on God, the beauty of him. Dear friend, do you know it? There is more.